I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast where we look at the things we loved when we were younger and we ask the question, is this good? I'm David Luzader and with me in uh, just following me around, ready to blast people at a moment's notice going completely unnoticed by all other characters in this world is Nick Shermooksness. Nick, Hello. All right, I'm saying something now, but I want you to re-record it, calling me Chewbacca, you're a Chewbacca or whatever, and then just put in the Chewbacca growl. Or don't, and just leave this in. That's fine, too. It's a little awkward, but I'm sure people will dig my normal voice as well. Uh, no, okay. Uh, uh, and here is my Chewbacca. I can't do Chewbacca. Oh, I'm definitely. <laughs> I'm, I, I imagine am. you're going to leave that in. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm leaving that in. Are you kidding me? Uh, I, what is Chewbacca? There was, there was. Okay, so really quick story, uh, except for me. So it'll probably take the rest of the episode. But um, someone on I, probably YouTube did a video where they took like the the coronation scene at the end of Star of A New Hope, mm-hmm. and they took the the music out. So it's just kind of like a, a quiet room of everyone standing around awkwardly. And there's just like one point where Chewbacca, like he does the growl, but like, cause there's no sound. It's like deafening and super, super awkward. I've seen that video. That's a good one. That's my life story. Let's continue. That was, that, that's Nick's life. His most exciting stories are YouTube videos that he watched and wants to tell us about now. Yes. Well, we've got a guest. We're not just talking Star Wars for no reason. We've got a guest who has brought Star Wars to the show. That is Brett Stewart, or Brett David Stewart, depending on how you know him, of Movie Go Around. Brett, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, David. You can you can refer to me just as Brett Stewart. I feel like we've known each other long enough that you don't need the David. But if you look for me online, that's where you can find me. Uh, we've been podcasting for a long time together. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yeah. But we we realized as we were starting the show that uh, you and like I've been podcasting with you and Nick separately for a very long time, and this is the first time that you two have met. And it's like one of those weird things where I just assumed at some point those worlds had crossed over, but it's not true. So which one of us is the other woman, or so that we can be fair, the other man? Uh, uh, um, I don't, wow, that's actually a really difficult question I hadn't expected to be asked today. <laughs> From my perspective? Baby, I, babies, I love, you, I love you both no. equally, yeah. <laughs> typical, typical men. Typical. Uh, what are we talking about? We are talking this week about a topic that Brett brought, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. This 2003 role-playing game lets players experience the world of Star Wars 4,000 years before the Galactic Empire, when the Sith still reign supreme. This is the part of the show where we talk about our personal histories, and Brett, since you brought it here, what made you decide to bring KOTOR? What is your, what is your history with it? Yeah, so KOTOR came out in 2003, uh, so... I will make Nicole feel old now because she <laughs> called me an infant when she was on this podcast. Our other <laughs> co-host on Movie Go Round, never forget Nicole. Um, I was pretty young when this game came out. I was what eight or nine, something like that. So, gosh, I remember it coming out. I was so excited, and all my friends had the Xbox version, and I did not have an Xbox. I had a, a well, probably would have been a GameCube at that time. I was always a Nintendo household. So I never got to play this game until a year or two later, my dad, I finally convinced him to buy a graphics card capable of playing it. And at the time, you had to drop like $250 for what is the equivalent of a 300 series uh, NVIDIA card from 15 years ago. It, it was just insane. People didn't really replace their GPUs at that time. Um, but I remember that was also kind of my first foray into popping open a computer at like nine years old and figuring out how to put that thing in so I could play this game and uh, entering that game. And man, did I play this game 
too much. Uh, hours and hours and hours and then hours in the second game. Uh, but with that said, I hadn't played it probably since I was like 10 or 11. It's been 15 years. So I don't know if it is as grand as I remember it. If it's as big as I remember it, it's not. Um, if it's just as epic as I remembered it. Um, and that's why I wanted to revisit it for the show. That's that's very good reasons. I never played this game. I played a bit of the second one because my friend had it. And I, I used to spend all my Saturdays at, uh, at my friend Chris's house. And so I, I don't remember how far I got into the second, but not very is my memory. Uh, and this was a, a whole new world for me. Actually, I had played this game. I, I loaded up Steam to to play the game, and I saw that I had played about an hour back in 2017. I bought like a humble bundle sale or something that had all these Star Wars. So I have a bunch of Star Wars games on Steam that I have barely touched. This was the first one I had, I had uh, taken a dive into, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to play Kotor. I've heard so many great things. I'll play this in the second one." And then played for an hour, and apparently never came back. And I did the thing where I picked up the game just right from there when I was playing it this time. And I don't remember the, how it works. I don't remember the controls. I don't remember the story. <laughs> I was just wandering around aimlessly. I kind of like caught on to what I was doing as I as I went along. Uh, but it was a, a, bit, a bit of a steep learning curve, steeper than the first time that I played it, because at this point, nobody is telling me how combat works. So it was kind of fun to, to throw myself back in entirely and... I, I think my view of it is going to be skewed a little bit from not getting super far into the game. So I'm going to try to remove myself from the story elements of it and just talk about the, the technical parts. Uh, but Nick, what about you? What about you and, and Knights of the Old Republic? How many endless days did you spend playing this game? I have no history with Knights of the Old Republic other than knowing it exists. Um, I know that... Um, Two of my siblings um, were big fans back in the day, um, but I I never really saw it in action. I had just heard about it. I think I also would like over the years I got confused on like what Knights of the Old Republic was. Was it like an MMO? Isn't there a Star Wars MMO? MMO or there's Star Wars: The Old Republic, which w- which is which is an MMO. Yes, um, and it is based on this property um, loosely. There's there's an interesting lineage following the release of this game. So is it is the Old Republic a sequel, like an actual sequel to the game, or it's not? No. So so the way it worked was 2003, uh, Knights of the Old Republic came out. 2005, uh, the second one came out, but under the developer Obsidian. So um, for those unfamiliar. Uh, it's se- the way it seems to go is that Bioware develops big hit games and then never wants to make the sequel. <laughs> so they just hand it over to Obsidian, which is what happened like with Fallout 3 and then Fallout New Vegas. Um, and then years later in 2011, The Old Republic came out, also developed by Bioware, but uh, takes place within the universe of The Old Republic without having any real story connections to Knights of the Old Republic. Hmm. Well, there you, there you go. I've learned so much already. Um, So I I don't know if I've ever mentioned on this show, but I'm not the biggest Star Wars person, fan, whatever they're called. Um, I, I, I like, don't get me wrong, I like Star Wars, but it's, it's always been sort of not yeah i just never really feel like a you know lightsaber is cool um but like when i've watched the old movies and then i definitely remember watching them as a kid and like really liking them but um i've re-watched them and now they're pretty cheesy and, and all of that stuff but i understand the charm blah 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 blah, blah. i don't want to get murdered in my sleep uh star wars is fine but what is that to say is that over the years i've just never gravitated towards star wars properties other than uh, an old FPS game, I think, called Dark Forces. Is that yeah. something? Yep. Cool. I actually remember playing the heck out of Dark Forces, or what I perceive as a heck, which really may have been like two afternoons, but it felt like a long time. All of this connecting back to Knights of the Old Republic is to reaffirm the first thing I said, which is I have no history. Well, okay. It's okay, Nick, that you have no history. Let, let me ask this. When you, you say, though, you're not a big 
Star Wars guy. Would you ever consider it for like a desert island movie? You know, if it's a, if you were stuck on a desert island, and why am I explaining the process, the, the concept of this? We all know what a desert <laughs> island movie is. Would a Star Wars movie even enter contention for you? Do you find them entertaining enough for that? No. Okay. Well, asked and answered. I mean, I mean, if I'm only allowed to bring the one thing to my deserted island, I'm I'm not bringing a Star Wars movie. I mean, you know, usually in these hypotheticals, people are like, what are your five movies? You know, you know how you're going to have that solar powered DVD player that will never break down. What would be the five movies you would pick in that scenario? No, I would take like the Falmer's Almanac and inside of it, I would chisel out a section that would have like a, I don't know, I'm trying to quote The Office terribly. Uh, <laughs> we, we, can, we can hard pivot, Nick, and you can tell us the world's history with Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, I definitely can do that. So Knights of the Old Republic or KOTAR, KOTOR, one of those uh, to its friends, uh, was almost an episode two Attack of the Clones game. LucasArts approached Bioware and gave them the option to either develop the tie-in game or a game set 4,000 years in the past. While Bioware is now known famously as the development company behind popular franchises such as Mass Effect and Dragon Age, at the time their biggest claim to fame was the Baldur's, was Baldur's Gate. Oh, no, sorry. Was the Baldur's Gate franchise. Bioware chose the Old Republic era as it would provide them more creative freedom. It was directed by Casey Hudson with lead designer James Olin and writer Drew Harpishin. Sorry, Drew. Some notable development hurdles were balancing graphical detail and gameplay. Hudson remarked, since our games generally have a lot of AI and scripting, numerous character models, and huge environments, we stress the hardware in a very different way than most games. Additionally, concept work was sent to the ranch, a.k.a. Skywalker Ranch, for feedback, though it sounds like that um, uh, en engagement was fairly pleasant, so no issues there. Uh, the game was ultimately released for Xbox and Microsoft Windows in 2003 to universal acclaim and sold 270,000 copies in its initial two weeks. Other than a sequel, the game has remained relatively dormant, but Disney-owned Lucasfilm has expressed interest in developing new media set in the yeah, I'll, I'll I believe that when I see it. Uh, they... Yeah, particularly because of the High Republic stuff coming out right now, um, I don't think we're gonna get any Old Republic stuff for a long time. Yeah, I feel like that is that is an era that they are always like, oh, we want to do so much with the Old Republic, and then uh, to nothing. Like a, a new novel will come out, and we're gonna they're gonna somebody will say, I want to see Revan on the big screen, and then we, we never will. That's his name, right, Revan? Yeah, and I, I it is Revan. I I think the other weird part of it, and we can dive into it a little bit now, is that like Disney had that purge of like EU expanded universe stuff when they owned Lucasfilm, and this was part of that, if I'm not mistaken. They basically said like the the older public is cool, but it's no longer canon. Um, along with a ton of the old books, uh, a bunch of the other old games, because this was kind of the the heyday of LucasArts films, uh, Lucas, LucasArts games, rather. Mm -hmm. um, all that is no longer canon, but now what they're doing is in The Mandalorian, which everyone pretty much loves, uh, they're slowly adding things from like the EU that they killed originally. So I think they're, they might be getting the hint that people want to see that stuff. Well, so we, maybe we'll see more of it. The way they designated it, from my memory, is that they, they designated it all as legends, which is a, a cop-out they created to say, like, it might be true. So we right. might we might bring this stuff back in later, but we also want to have, like, a full playground, which, honestly, that's fine. Who cares? I mean, I know there's people that do. There's people who are going to get mad at me for saying, like, the fact that they made the e so much of the EU non-canon, but also at the same time, like, sure, let's just make some of it legends, bring some of it back, make up some new stuff. It, 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 I, as someone who's been reading comic books my entire life, it's all going to get retconned anyway. Chewbacca never got crushed by that moon. It's just going to, it's going to change from one minute to the next. So what I'm saying is Star Wars fans who weren't comic fans, welcome to the club. Right. And I think also at the time, I mean, I, I, I have a passing understanding of the, the EU and, um, like just the fact that it had been going on for decades. I mean, we, anyone that's a comic book fan that knows like DC and Marvel, like, you know, things that go on for decades and that are like pumping out stuff left and right, like it's unwieldy. So I also agree that like it made sense for Disney to sort of jettison it. And now they're in a position where they can 
yeah, as as they're doing, like you said, Brett, with with the Mandalorian, they can incorporate the things that people genuinely like while also downplaying or just completely removing, you know, things like Chewbacca getting crushed. Now they just do uh, fake outs where you think Chewbacca's dead, but he's not actually dead. Give me bigger Luke. <laughs> that's for that's for like. Wait, are, you ta- are you talking about Luke? Luke, how do you is l-u-u-k-e isn't there like his clone or something yes but there, there's also okay i will post something about bigger luke we're not going to get into bigger luke on the show because that is so far away from kotor uh but if, if people <laughs> want to years away yes yeah if people want to find out bigger luke just uh google it it's it's hilarious and weird but let's let's talk about kotor and i'm Curious, Brett, how did the graphics hit your eyes for the first time in 15 years? As a kid, did it seem like, oh, man, these are amazing graphics? I mean, they were $250 graphics card, amazing <laughs> graphics in 2003 or four when I when I convinced my parents to get the card. Um, I remember getting it. and It was unlike anything I'd ever seen before, because prior to that, I had an N64, which I played to death, uh, and I had a GameCube probably around the time I think this was probably around the time GameCube came out. Um, so this w- was just on another level. It was it was more expansive as well. Like you could do more things and you had, you know, that RPG element that Bioware kind of pioneered um, where your choices really did affect the gameplay um, more so than the superficial nature of stuff before it. Um, so I remember seeing this and just really feeling like I was living in Star Wars. Uh, coming back to it now, <laughs> uh, 15 plus years later, I don't know. Um, it's you can't play it on 1080p, which I did not expect. Yeah. So you can you can amp it up, and I loved going into the graphic settings where it's like, do you want to see grass? Like that's the extent of the <laughs> graphical true. settings. Um, so you Space check grass, grass, and you like put it to 1080 or you put it to 12 1280 or whatever, like the next step down. It looks okay. It's more empty than I remember it. I remember walking through Terrace for the first time and feeling like it was like this big city. And now it's like three interconnected instances of like 30 NPCs walking around with like nothing like city about it. Like like there's not they're not doing anything. There's nothing happening in the city. They're just walking down an empty street. Um, so that that was a pretty stark contrast <laughs> to the way I remembered it. Yeah, the the way that people are walking around in this game is is pretty comical because uh, especially the upper the upper part of Terrace is like two or three identical areas. They are just carbon copied, moved over. Maybe there's like a different ship in one of them and a, a couple of different NPCs, uh, but it's basically just Sith troopers walking around yelling at you for for talking to them. I was also kind of surprised at how janky it was at times. Con- controls aside, I want to really dive into the combat because um, I have a lot of thoughts on the combat now. But I was hitting a lot of invisible walls at times that I did not expect to hit invisible walls where I would be like walking through a doorway and I couldn't until I moved off to the side and then I could. Or I was walking by a partition and it apparently extended out three feet further than I thought because I couldn't move around it until I like walked backwards and then walked around there. It, and there was one NPC. It's uh, I, I don't remember his name. It's some guy you meet early in when you get to like the undercity of Terrace, who is like this cool guy that's getting like, that's getting cornered by three uh, thugs and he the counts bounty hunter yeah the bounty hunter guy and he counts the three and like shoots them all and he's real cool and i tried talking to him and he got mad at me but then then he started just like walking in circles and it was very amusing to watch this like badass who i couldn't talk to without getting into a fight potentially just kind of walking around in in little circles and and stopping suddenly and turning left or right yeah and when he attacks the 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 uh the gang that is attacking him because they're they're hitting him up oh no they're not hitting him up for money they're they're hit, they're just like kind of mocking him because they're like oh look at you you all important bounty hunter man and uh and then he like throws a, a grenade i guess um it like explodes on the ground and then like the the smoke goes away 
And the character models just stand there for like three seconds before each of them kind of falls in awkward succession. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not nearly as cool as I remember it in that regard. And then like it, it gives me an appreciation of how far we've come because you look at a Bioware game nowadays, even if you just want to kind of talk about their ecosystem of games and goodness, do things feel so much more alive than this. But this was a really interesting starting point. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, you sent me a picture commenting on what your character was wearing when you first started the game yeah so i i, I chose a female character uh um, oh let me ask what you what you I, I apparently named mine uh jessica drew i didn't realize i guess i was spider woman yeah reference. i was on a spider woman kick back in 2017 I, okay so uh so first off i i'm just gonna start for our audience i'm just gonna say that everything i'm gonna say for the rest of the episode is bullshit because I mean, this is a, a, a despite the empty city streets and and all and janky controls like this is still a very large game. So I, there wasn't necessarily a lot of space for me to explore it in its entirety. Um, so my opinions are probably pretty crappy. That being said, I played enough to talk about the stuff I'm about to talk about. Um, yeah, so I chose a female character, and to answer your question, um, I named them crap. I already forgot um, Tetra. Delwind or something like that. That's I am Star Wars so name. bad. That's a Star Wars name, though. Yeah, that well, sounds like okay. George would have come up with that. Okay, but here's the thing. So first off, I am so bad when it comes to... Uh, I, I, I suffer from choice paralysis all the time. I mean, I like to think that my in my real life, I, I've done okay. But it, when it comes to video games, somehow I weight those, those decisions way more heavily than like, you know, should I buy groceries or... Um, whatever i would buy besides groceries doesn't matter anyway the when when i sat down to play the game when it asked me how to come up with a name i'm like oh crap because i I couldn't think of anything cool so i went on google and found like a star wars name generator and then just hit that refresh button until i saw like two different names that i thought might work really well together thus tetra maybe delwin um and uh, you know, as I said, I, I have no experience with this game, so I didn't know how it was going to start. And it starts like all Star Wars movies do in the in space. Um, and I thought the opening was hilarious because my and I imagine this is probably the same for the male character. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but your character wakes up basically in like a cheeky underwear, and the, supposedly their roommate comes in. And is like, yo, we're under attack. Like this has been going on for 20 minutes, but you're like waking up like, huh? Like, where am I? What's what ship am I on? Who are you? And I what I could see was that it was probably them, like your it's your character. So you want to be the, the they want you to be the POV and learn about the world as your character is learning about the world, right? But in the opening, it's so funny because I mean, you're you're even though you're you're described as a rookie, like you probably know the name of the ship you're on and who your roommate is, but then it's sort of like, oh, well, I guess you've never met me before because we work different shifts. Okay. Sure, sure. Uh, right. And then, of course, you know, after the your your roommate um, finishes, like, explaining who you apparently are and what you're doing and what's wrong, uh, he's like, all right, we'll put some clothes on. And, and then you do put clothes on, and it, and it introduces you to sort of equipping gear. So from, like, a, a game a mechanic a way of sort of introducing the systems i totally understood what they were going for i just don't think it aged very well so it, that being said i still enjoyed it i just got i got a pretty good chuckle out of it it could have been handled differently as well where it's like okay here's a blaster and then it takes you into that equipment screen where you have to equip your blaster you don't have to start in your underwear and i do remember now you're right like the the whole thing starts and your character is like who are you where am i I mean, you're on your ship. You're on the ship that you're supposed to be on. Right. Like they don't and know I'll... who anyone is. Sorry, go ahead, Brett. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say that also, like, roommate exposition guy is is one of the early, is the earliest example of Bioware being ambitious enough to voice every interaction you have in the game, but not having enough good voice actors. We've been ambushed by a Sith battle fleet. The Endar Spire is under attack. Hurry up. We don't have much time. Because <laughs> uh, he's like, hello there. Welcome to the <laughs> ship. And talks at you like that. And I did notice that 
going through <laughs> there is some lackluster voice acting yeah they you know there's some people who are really trying in this i think there's a shop owner i came across who was like you're you're giving it your all but mostly the people that are doing like the alien languages i think are having more fun than the people who are like help me i am being harassed by these individuals for a, a 2003 game and i'm trying to cast my mind back there though to have Every single little person you talk to be voice acted, though, is fairly impressive. I'll give I'll give Bioware that. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's I know what attracted me to it when I was younger was that it did feel like different than any RPG you'd played prior because of that that more intimate feel of having people talk to you the whole game and having them respond differently to your various, you know, actions. I mean to to a degree, right? Like like you can say you can be rude to exposition guy at the beginning and it's still going to do the same thing. It's going to take you on the same roller coaster. Um, those responses of yours don't start actually impacting the plot meaningfully until much later in the game, because it does want to keep you on those tracks for quite a while. So, so part of it is the illusion of freedom, right? Like you can, mm -hmm. I noticed that, in the in, when I, I got through about ten hours of this this week, so I I'm, I'm off of the original Planet Terrace and I moved on to Tatooine, and it's you know it's all pretty cool. But I've noticed that you'll find really cool things like like there's things where something interesting might be happening, or there's a character that needs help, and because the game is just not ready for you to interact with that person yet, or maybe it's planning for you to do so later, it just doesn't let you do anything. Um, <laughs> Like I, br I broke into this lady's apartment, um, which you do a lot at the beginning of this game. You just break into people's apartments. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, I am in such distress. I have something really important to tell you. So I was like, OK, what's so important? And she's like, buzz off. <laughs> like, OK, I guess the game's going to bring me back here in like three hours. Um, they've fixed that nowadays, right? Like if you go and wander around in The Witcher or or Fallout 4, like you're, if you find people that say they need help or you have those sort of side you know, missions, mm -hmm. you can, you can fulfill those fantasies, you know, to your heart's desire and pretty much ignore a main story. If you so want, I don't think I've ever played the main story in the Witcher game. Um, but you can't really do that here. Yeah, it is. It is on rails in that little bit. And the apartment thing is funny because you have the ability to just break the doors by attacking them. And I did that at one point and I went, I went inside and there's this guy who was like, Oh, Davik is out like there's a bounty on my head Davik wants me dead and I realized like so and he's holding a gun and so your reaction to somebody attacking the door with a vibro sword until it breaks is to then stand there and see if they talk to you like your your option wasn't to just start shooting at me because you're waiting for a bounty hunter it's like this person's got to have a good reason for doing that is this the guy that you help fake his own death I, I don't know if that happens, but his, like, my interaction with him was, I'm not going to tell anybody that you're here. That was like, that was the end of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a different one. So that's the guy where you can give him money, technically, and like fix his problems. No, that's and then a separate the, guy. Oh, well, maybe because he needed 100 credits. I think maybe you're right. Right, right. And then there's a different guy that's, that is <laughs> so far along in, in debt that he just, you can say to him, like, hey, I'll go fight Davik for you, or like, hey, why don't we fake your death, which is a really big jump, um, <laughs> and he seems all too willing to do that. So I went that way because I didn't want to go fight Davik. I was like, hey, why don't we just, you know, fake kill you? And he's like, yeah, that'd be awesome. I'm a demolitions expert, and uh, and you fake his death. So, I mean, those sorts of things are really cool, and the fact they exist in this game in any sort of fashion, even if you are still kind of on rails... It's pretty neat. Yeah, for sure. There's a, a level of exploration that is rewarded. You don't you don't have to deal with every little person you run into, uh, but but you can. And they'll sometimes it'll be neat little moments. Sometimes it'll just get you like a light side point. Sometimes that droid shop owner is going to sell you a busted droid, and I'm going to go back in there and demand my money back because I was pissed that I just bought this droid and it broke. Why would the game do that to me, Brett? I want to know. Because that's one of the on the rails things where it wants to let you like think you can buy a droid, but really your only option ever is to come back and eventually get the other one. Yeah, that's annoying. <laughs> it's 
it's fun, like in the kind of talking about like in the moment, but now looking back on it, you're right. It's like, oh, that's so, it's so guided. Like the game gives that illusion of freedom and does it fairly well in some parts, but there's also some stuff where it's just like, yep, I, I can't do anything except for what you want me to think. Like I remember asking, so in the second one, because since this is, is Star Wars, there's the light side and the dark side, and your character will either get light side points or dark side points, depending on the actions that you get. And you have people running around with you who, as I mentioned earlier, are completely uh, just non-existent to everyone else in the world. Like I, at one point you have to get Sith troop armor to go through a doorway, and the guy guarding the doorway only cares about you. He doesn't care about the fact that you got some guy following you who is not wearing that Sith patrol armor. And uh, I remember asking my friend Chris for the second one, because there's like a, a an old woman that follows you around who's like very obviously like on the light side. And I asked him like, if you just do evil things the whole game, does she stick with you? And he's like, oh yeah, no, she stays with you until like close to the end when she's like, I've watched you kill 10 million people. I can't stay by your side anymore. It's like, that feels a little uh, cheap, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of joked about it perfectly at the beginning of the show in the sense that they're just non-existent kind of nuisances. Like, they, they help you a little bit, and you can turn into them. I mean, I think that... I don't remember a game before this where you could rotate between your party members and, and kind of switch them out and do that sort of thing, so that was pretty neat. But um, ultimately, they're just kind of in the way, and you'll, like, turn around, and the dude's standing there right behind you, and... You got to awkwardly move around him because the game hasn't taken into account that you are going to be turning around a lot and they're always on your ass. It's it's very weird. Yeah, I did notice that where like in, in the opening sequence um, that the, your roommate joins you uh, as a companion and apparently he's the only one that can open doors. And, and it's not so much, you know, and I can imagine that like, okay, like story wise, like your character doesn't have any tools, whatever clearance, may, something of that, who knows? Um, so I can understand like an NPC sort of guiding you through the facility, but the game actually gives you control of your roommate uh, and you have to switch to the roommate in order to open the doors, which to me felt like an extra step for something that that's already like, it's not exactly exciting gameplay, right? Yeah, no, your your opening doors is not the height of excitement. You'll go through a lot of doors in this game, though. Seems like it but really. I, you'll you'll punch them open. Right. I can see Hideo Kojima creating a door opening game that just like transcends all sense of scale <laughs> and wonder and and all of that. Well, yeah, he's going to make a, a door opening game where the door opening is really a metaphor for capitalism, probably. Door yeah, strand. Sounds about right. Yeah, that's at least my my understanding of it. I also love that I was wa- I was running around the city with two swords in my hands at all time, and you nobody don't do that. In, you're in cities in real life. No, no, it turns out no. And uh, unlike real life, nobody was batting an eye at the fact that I was just running around two swords in hand. Like my mother would have a field day, she warned me about doing these sorts of things. Specifically, the sword thing. Yeah, she's like, if you ever have a vibro sword, don't run around with it out in public. Yeah, like- yeah, I think our moms all told us that, and and this game kind of flies in the wind in the face of that, and and also just like flies in the face of like Star Wars aesthetic as a whole. Like, it's never really explained to you why it makes sense that they have swords. Like, aside from the fact that it's knights and we're we're old and it's a republic, <laughs> they never explain really why 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 would you use a sword? Because it's four thousand years in the past, so you know it's more like medieval, except with spaceships. And, right, and, right, with spaceships and, and blasters and all the other things that make the sword kind of useless? I, I don't know. I mean, the sword is is a placeholder for when you get your lightsaber. Right, right. Um, if well, you go that route, but yeah. Oh Well, so I, I'm going to step slightly outside of KOTOR, but stay in Star Wars. I play in a Star Wars tabletop RPG game, Nerd Alert, over here, and I decided to play a uh, melee character because it sounded like interesting to me. I know everyone else would have like the blasters covered, but boy, yeah. Is this a world where everybody's got guns and they're going to be pointing it at me? And there's a lot of times where my actions in combat is just getting across the room enough to attack somebody uh, where everybody else <laughs> is just standing where they are and shooting. But- and that's kind of the problem with 
the old republic so the the mmo that eventually came out of this is that you you have eight different classes in that game and it has like the jedi and the bounty hunter and the the smuggler and all the stuff you'd expect to see from a star wars mmo and 90% of the player base wants to be Jedi. And this is mm-hmm. what happened to Star Wars Galaxies around the same time this game was out as well, is that it's just, it's such a cool and familiar thing to have a lightsaber for gamers that they just never want to play any other options in Star Wars games, which ends up totally messing up those games, particularly if they're MMOs that have some sort of balance they're trying to account for. Right. Right, yeah, it's a, it's a hard thing to, when you have a world where you can shoot somebody from entirely across a room with a very deadly laser, how do you then make it fair for the person who's running around with a sword to also have a chance to kill you? That would be a hard thing to balance. I don't know, it'd be a Final Fantasy game. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> that's but, true. But Final mm. Fantasy games, like, that's the, like, you know, the premise of those is, is that it's wacky anime hijinks. Because jumping around 100 feet in the air with a, a light sword isn't silly? No, it's very it's very serious, according to commentators on the internet. Oh, yeah. No matter what we say on this episode, you're going to get lit up right. for something. We're, we, yeah, whatever we say, we're wrong. Let's... That's why I, I started early. Like I just know that whatever street cred people didn't even realize that I was trying to push is now gone. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to set that out early. Like, I don't care what you have to say about me. <laughs> exactly. Let's talk about the combat because I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> you it's... don't like that D&D style combat where you have to like awkwardly pick every single attack during the battle, but can also pause it with your space bar because you can't jump. Oh God. That I, so many times I try to jump in this game so many times only to pause myself. I I mean, I do love D&D. I love D&D. I don't love it in a video game. That is not dynamic, exciting combat. You just point your character in a direction and and hope for the best. I'm pretty sure that uh, Karth, the guy that was following me around for as far as I got in the game, killed more people than I did. You look super dopey when you're fighting in this game. That's something I I did not expect coming back to it, is I remember these, these epic battles uh, and maybe they were epic in 2003, but now it's like, hey, use one of your three abilities to click on this person to shoot at them. Mm-hmm. But because there's a table in between you two and the game does not register that the table is only like three feet high, you have to then auto walk around the table to which point you're only like three feet away from the person and then start shooting them. Because I, it is like, again, kind of on rails with that combat. It also makes sense why they've now ported this to mobile. Like, you can play this game everywhere, which is part of the reason I, I picked it. Because I knew you guys would have easy access to it and listeners as well if they wanted to. Um, I could see that working on mobile. But you're right. It's not that exciting. I also couldn't... Yeah, so the combat sucks. Or at least the combat that I experienced. And it was like... So I, I don't even know if I could figure out how to move during combat. Like basically I would enter a room and then there'd be two dudes on the other side and I experienced the table thing, but like the character just stops you, make your choices and they just stand there and shoot at each other and all their shots miss, which to be fair makes it very real star Wars. Um, and then, and yeah, yeah. And then they die and I don't even know if I did the work or my roommate did the work. Also that guy's dead. <laughs> oh <laughs> he's yeah. Like, he's like, just, He's like, you save yourself. Why you're going, I don't know. I don't know why I'm going to this room with this Jedi when we can both run in the same direction. Uh, he doesn't have the door codes, you know? But now I'm going to go in, you save yourself, and we never see him again. That That is a thing in a lot of movies, the whole save yourself thing, but with a character who is not equipped to stall the person that they are going right. to stall. So it's like, okay, you're buying me at most 10 seconds. Like real, the, the time it would take them to walk by and shoot you and keep walking. Right. I, also, I think you're... No, go, oh, go, ahead. Go, go ahead, Nick. Oh, no, no. You first, I insist. Oh, thank you. Um, I think you're kind of honing into, David, on like this idea that everything is incredibly... Uh, everything is perfectly placed for you to do exactly what you need to do and have it be convenient. 
and have it just give you the tools you need when you need them, whether that is convenient, you know, exposition roommate sacrifices himself so you can, you know, walk to the right or um, or you need Sith armor and you just happen to immediately kill a Sith in the apartment buildings. Um, it, that doesn't quite exist to the degree that it does in this game in newer games. Because you'll still, if you're, again, I, I keep mentioning like The Witcher, because that's like the the iconic RPG, I think, of today. But even Elder Scrolls or those sorts of games, you're left to your own devices largely to try to figure out what you need and where you need to use it and how you get it and where you need to backtrack. Um, this game holds your hand quite a bit more. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I One thing I do want to point out was that I actually really liked that the game is kind of dumb. Um, I like that the the equipment screen is like four things you can put on. And and when you upgrade your character, when they level up, you can just press a button and it'll automatically give stats to what it thinks is most important based on your character. Um, I jump into games like the ones I've mentioned nowadays and I get so daunted. I, I'm 25 and I feel so old when I play modern RPGs because they're so confusing to me already. And I already feel lost and, and scared. It's just too many options and I'm spoiled for choice. And I just want the game to like, tell me what to do and give me four options. And this does that. So I actually kind of appreciate that. I feel that I, I really do. Nick, as someone who plays a lot of MMOs, do you feel that? First off, I play one MMO and I usually download other MMOs and then don't play them. So fair for verification. Ah, um, a fellow, a fellow traveler in the night. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I play Final Fantasy 14 and uh, I'll just say that if it wasn't for my friends, uh, when he convinced me to, to try it. And I, I mean, I've been a big fan of Final Fantasy for a long time and I'd always shied away from MMOs. So the fact that I'm still playing one today is actually quite miraculous to me. Um, but anyway, so he he more or less held my hand through the beginning. And and though they made some changes recently, like Final Fantasy XIV is a game that like throws a lot at you early on. And needless to say, if he hadn't, I probably would not have continued with it. And now I enjoy it, but I'm at a place where like I don't have to worry about all this stuff. So when it comes to games like this, like I haven't, I've never really, I, I have played a Mass Effect, but I played it for maybe like an hour. Um, and games like and like, any game that throws a crap ton of choices at you and tells you like you can be nice, a jerk, or uh, neutral. I, I'm almost always nice. Um, I, 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 I apparently really, really care about the feelings of non-existent artificial and barely artificial or barely intelligent, I should say, uh, entities and. Any, so anyway, uh, sorry, to get back to the point, uh, anytime a menu came up where it was like, you have some, some experience points and uh, you can allot it to XYZ, I just hit like the auto button to distribute it. Yeah. I think I, when I was building the character too, and it told me to like distribute the points to the different things, I just, I, I hit the auto button to, to create it. It's, it's funny you mention like jumping in the Final Fantasy 14 and how that would have been daunting for you. Um, had it not been for your friends playing, because that's exactly what happened to me when I did it. <laughs> was like I, I I played Warcraft now since it launched. I played Warcraft since two thousand three, two thousand four. I'm in fact I'm certain that the graphics card we put in my computer at the time to play this game was the game that allowed me to play WoW. And I actually almost brought you guys WoW Classic, but then I felt bad because it turns out you can only do it with a membership, and I'm not going to make you guys subscribe to World of Warcraft. Thanks. So. Uh, <laughs> but I almost did that because like, I haven't revisited the game I played when I was a kid since, since it came out and I'm currently playing the new version. But you know, in any case, the reason I can like sit say, with it. Oh, go ahead. If we, uh, if we have you back on the show, I'm actually really curious. I need an excuse to try out. Wow. Classic. So let's, let's talk. All right. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Cause there's, there's so much I'm, I'm nostalgic about for my early days of Warcraft. Cause I played nonstop. I've played. I played every every month almost since late 2003 uh, or four rather. Um, so I played it a ton and and not to totally like deride our conversation, but I was thinking about that as well. Um, kind of limited your choices in a way, um, which 
was easier for me at the time. And if I was going into the modern version of Warcraft that has so much to do, and I've now seen my fiance do that. I'm seeing her brother do it right now. And they're a little bit lost at first because there's just so you're, you're spoiled for choice and what you can do. And I think the same goes for RPGs even more so. Um, which is why like, I like games like the Witcher and Assassin's Creed and all those games that are popular right now. But I just end up playing the story for two hours and then screwing around doing other things. And then I leave it for six months and come back and forget where I was in the story and the cycle repeats. It's, it's not great. Whereas like, I actually do feel, and I know we'll get to it at the very end of the show. I'll probably still keep playing this. I think I'm, I think I'm 10 hours in now where I I've dedicated enough of my life this week to see through at least the rest of this first game. Um, it's fun. It, it doesn't look great, but it's fun. You've, you've got a sunk cost fallacy going at this point. I, I think I know it's, <laughs> it's well, I've already done it this much. I, I must like it. Right. Huh? 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 Uh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I, I do kind of have that gambler's fallacy of like, I, I've thrown in like 11 hours and, and been frustrated for like four of them. But, um, it's it's still fun uh something else i wanted to mention was like the diversity in this game kind of surprised me for star wars being a franchise that has always been rightfully criticized for being overly white um you know uh, uh, george lucas in particular is a very prime offender of this where people tell him his movie's too white so he adds one character of color in the next movie and kind of the same thing in the prequels with sam jackson but in any case I actually thought that, first of all, in the character customization, there were a lot of options for ethnic diversity for a game from 2003. Um, in fact, there were probably more options for for people of color than there even were for just like standard white characters. So that was that was cool to see. Um, and and a diversity within that. Like I know there's also criticism of games sometimes where like their their black characters have like one option for skin tone when when they're there are people who have a darker skin tone and a lighter skin tone. And this had a couple options for that, which I thought was pretty neat. Um I also thought that like just the people you interact with around the world then mimic those same designs because they're built off the same engine. So you are seeing, you know, people of color in 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 the world. You're seeing um, what's Asian characters seem to have always kind of been a mainstay in Star Wars to a degree because of George Lucas's love of you know Japanese film, and we saw that probably most notably in The Force Awakens um, as a callback to what influenced him. Um, but all that's good. I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, I, I, it is like weirdly um, after after school special PC in a way. <laughs> Where you'll be playing as a female character, and then Carl will be like, "Hey, toots," and then you'll turn around to him and be like, "Excuse me, sir, please let me re-educate you on why you should not call me toots." And that's actually good. Like, I'm happy they were thinking about that. The dialogue is contrived and sounds weird, but I could see someone young like me playing that, and and maybe that has a you know maybe that's a that that is a positive message to get across. Like characters have that which is cool um at one point in terrace you run into this like what seems to be the the star wars equivalent of like a westboro baptist member um i don't know if you guys found him oh i did but, but i was dressed as the sith and he was like oh hello sith person i'm fine uh no no it's not a sith guy there's a guy standing no. on a corner in terrace that is like spouting just like like really like he calls it the anti-alien league i i was dressed as i was dressed as sith so he was like oh don't bother me i have my oh permits. okay so yeah he won't spot it to you if you're sith but if, if you're dressed without the sith outfit he starts like talking about how they're like polluting our streets and and like our bloodlines like just really like sketchy incredibly racist rhetoric that that is is so over the top that it doesn't feel believable in the context that it's happening but i could tell what they were trying to do because then karth is like wow the intolerance in this galaxy <laughs> kind of acts as that like voice of reason um i i appreciate that they were trying with this stuff it, it shows they were trying the diversity is mostly there it's a solid b um and the dialogue gives you options to kind of butt back at at sexism and, and racism which which is cool 
we'll give the game credit where credit is due. We'll get to our final thoughts here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, we have our our time now. We reach out to you, the audience, and we pose a question on social media to see what you have to say. This week, we asked what your favorite Star Wars video game was, and here's what you told us. Nick Coventing, um, a different Nick, not me, said, TIE Fighter, I feel like it defined the space flight sim. And Chris Pinwell agreed because he said TIE Fighter and Pod Racer. I used to love the Pod Racer arcade cabinet. That was a, a real fun one to play. Uh, Brandon Matthews uh, said Jedi Knight 2 for pure fun with lightsaber combat. Uh, Tour, Star Wars uh, Field Republic. Oh, that's fair. Uh, for letting me build my own characters and role play some great Star Wars stories. I have heard there's some great uh, story stuff in Old Republic. There is, and I'd, I'd also agree with Brandon that the the lightsaber combat in the Jedi Knight games, which came out around the same time as this, just a couple years earlier, um, it's really cool. Like if you're playing it on a PC, like the way you move your mouse is the way the lightsaber goes, and and it has some fluidity to it that this game does not have. <laughs> so if you're looking for like that sort of adventure, the, those hold up really well because there's also Jedi Knight Academy, and that game was great. Nice. Tyler, who joined us to talk about Animaniacs, said, So many to choose from. If I only have to say one, though, then Dark Forces 2, Jedi Knight. You go from being a rebel, spy, to Jedi, or Dark Jedi, and watch live-action cutscenes. It was as close as you could get to being in a Star Wars movie at the time. So true. And James Willis uh, said, A TIE fighter for sure played that so much. Pete McCann told us another another vote for TIE Fighter there. Pete McCann said, I only ever played four Star Wars games. The original Rogue Squadron on the N64, Pod Racing on the N64, Revenge of the Sith game on PlayStation 2, and the first Star Wars Legos game, whatever console that was on. I enjoyed all of them. The, the Lego games in general are fun, and the, the Star Wars ones are a really great, really great uh, entry into that series as well. And Aaron Greer actually sent us a picture of an arcade cabinet of some Star Wars games. Yes. Podcasting is a audio medium. <laughs> so uh, I guess I'll share that. I also don't know what game it was. It's just an arcade cabinet that says Star Wars. I Oh, did you guys ever play the, uh, the Star Wars arcade game where you had the joystick? And you, mm. it, it was on rails, but you played as, like you would fight. Uh, you would fight Darth Vader and fight Boba Fett, and no. Oh, else. right, right. Yeah, that game ruled. There were some good Star Wars arcade games. There was a there was a Phantom Menace pinball that was really cool. Um, it was like the only cool Phantom Menace thing. Uh, uh Pod Racing. Twitter. Excuse me. Yeah, via Pod Racing, sure. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, there. There's a long storied history of of Star Wars games, particularly. I'm noticing that. All of these are LucasArts games with mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah, no, all of them are, um, which is interesting because there's been a ton of games post LucasArts, but it seems like the bevy of games that came out from the late 90s to the late 2000s are what stick with people. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm so weird. Nobody said Battlefield 2. If you have an answer to this question, if you want to participate when we ask questions in the future, then you got to follow us on social media, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, hit me one more pod. We want to hear from you. Now we come to our moment of reflection where we ask, does this stay in the Hall of Memory or is it worth visiting today? Brett, you, you gave us a preview a little bit, but I'll still turn it over to you. What do you think? I think it's worth revisiting if you are a big Star Wars fan. I think if you're not a big Star Wars fan, if you're someone like Nick who knows about it in passing and is not uh, always jonesing for new Star Wars content, um, it's going to be very boring, Uh, particularly the first planet that you spend probably about six hours on if you do everything um, is not the most exciting planet. But when it opens up to you and it says like, hey, do you want to go to Kashyyyk or Tatooine or Dantooine and learn to be a Jedi and and go to the Jedi temple and, and all these things. I really think that it's, it's actually some of the most interesting world building out there for star Wars. And with, with no possibility in the near future of Disney approaching these sorts of stories, 
I, I think that this is really fun to revisit. You just have to get past the fact that it looks like a 2003 Xbox game. Um, but with that said, like there are much worse looking 2003 Xbox games. It holds up better than a lot of things from that era. Um, and one thing I was going to mention very quickly is that there is a prolific mod community that I discovered in prep for this show. And I installed some of the mods later on and they're like graphical enhancements. And for the second one, there's actually one that fixes like plot holes in the story. <laughs> um, people are so dedicated to this game that they have spent, you know, 15 years fixing it. Um, so you can get it to look reasonably good nowadays with those mods. Oh, very cool. Maybe I'll check that out. Nick, are you going to check it out? Are you now a KOTOR head? No. Um, but to be fair, like I said, my, I, I didn't play the game long enough to like really cement it the, the, through the opening and a little bit afterwards, like it, for me, it's, it's not, I mean, personally, it's not my kind of game. I would agree. I think with Brett, that if you're a huge star Wars fan and based on what you guys are telling me, as far as like the, the deep lore and all of that legends or otherwise, like it, it sounds like there, there's a lot there to love. I don't know. Uh, if for someone like me who's more casual uh if if the the gameplay that has to get you there is worth you know you can read read a, a wikipedia article basically um so i can't rightfully say does this hold up graphically yes sure no um writing wise <laughs> based on the opening uh eh. um but that being said uh clearly this game as you're saying has has stood the test of time so check it out, but uh, I don't think I'll be the one doing that. Yeah, as I said earlier, I can't speak to the story of this game, so I'm not going to approach it from that angle, but I'm going to be realistic here that I never played the game before 2017, and I bought it and told myself I was going to play it, got an hour in, and then the other reason I played it about four years later was because of this podcast. I'm not going to go back into it, I think, Graphics aside, which I can overlook a lot, we, we we when we talked about Legend of Zelda, we talked about how 3D graphics don't age as well, especially from those early eras. And you know, this one is is one of those. But I'm not going to put that on the game because that's that's just the passage of time. It looked as good as it could for the the era. Uh, there are specific people who this game is for at this point. They are the diehard. Star Wars fans. They will go to the game, they will love it, and more power to them. I think if you if you're like Nick, Star Wars is not totally your thing, this game wouldn't be for you. If you're like me, you really like Star Wars, haven't spent a lot of time in the 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 EU, but you know a bit, uh, but you were curious about this, like unless that unless a very specific type of game appeals to you, this might not be the game for you. It's not one I imagine myself picking up more just because it, it doesn't a- appeal to me in these day, this day and age. Also, I, I didn't like The Witcher 3 that much. That's a story for another time. <laughs> that might actually uh, paint a, a very broad picture. I, maybe I'll talk about it in a future episode. But those are our thoughts. We want to hear from you. I know there's a lot of Star Wars fans who listen. Do you play this game yearly and we're just way wrong about it? Or uh, you're, are you ready to admit that eh, maybe some things don't hold up so well over time? Let us know. Hit me one more time.com slash contact to find all the places to reach us. And of course, you can email us. We'd love to hear from you. Brett, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, man, it was a pleasure being on. Thank you for having me. If people want to find you, where can they do that? They can find me on Twitter at I am Brett Stewart. That is Brett with two T's and Stewart spelled S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Look at MGRpodcast.com. That's a show I do with David called Movie Go Round. I know if you're a longtime listener of this show, you heard about it from Nicole a couple episodes ago. Um, But just a quick reminder, that is a show where all three of us go through rotating themes on different movies. And boy, have we watched The Gambit. Everything from (laughs) Oscar uh, award-winning masterpieces to Cats. Uh, So... I'm pretty yeah, sure I voted for that one. That you voted for Cat. Okay, Nick, get off this show. Yeah, uh, no, you're. 
see you again. <laughs> I mean, when <laughs> you send note. me when you send me the list and you, you give me choices like cats or like something that's like mildly passable, I'm gonna choose cats. I, I can't blame you. I'm not gonna I, yeah. be mad at our, our listeners for that. It is the natural progression. And to be fair, I'll plug that episode. We were angry. And we were so, so mad. If David doesn't get angry on this podcast, uh, you can find him angry on our podcast. So, so mad. I will say, uh, this game, visual-wise, looks better than Cats. Definitely looks yeah. better than Cats. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Nick, thanks for being here, man. Thank you, David. Where can people find you? Uh, oh, right. That's where I say this part. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at palblamshazam underscore art. I think there's three pieces up now. You're welcome, Phil Rude. Uh, I don't even know if he's actually liked the last two. So, I that mean, jerk. Um, And you can find me on Twitter at Nick Shermooksness. That's it. Oh, right. Yeah, you're not, you're not telling us how to spell it anymore. Well, people can also follow us on Instagram. Hit me one more pod there as well. And I tag Nick in all the posts. So there's an easy way to find him. Just follow us there. Hint, hint. If you want to find me, you can follow me around the internet under the username Davluz. That is D-A-V-L-U-Z. Twitter and Instagram. See what I am up to. And listening audience, thank you for being here today. We do this show for you. We do this show because of you. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. We are talking this week about a topic that Brett brought, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, in which I will now pause for a moment because I realize I didn't, <laughs> I didn't write a synopsis. Oh, boy. Okay.